Chipping away at the block Cause I know that life ain't love And when I go to sleep I dream the best parts of me will come alive But when I see that morning light I know Chris by my side Chipping away, chipping away with me everyone and happy motivational monday uh we have another episode that's a little different from season one um something that i'm really excited about kind of enhancing kind of our message about motivation but also elevating season two there are so many stories that people were reaching out about after season one that i was like this is motivating to hear about. You are a motivating person. You are an incredible person. And so the guest that we have with us this week is someone that we both realized before we started recording that we have like a teenage daughter between us. The amount of years that we've known each other. It's been probably minimum of 16 years that I have known this beautiful individual. And her name is... Her name is McKenna Kinder, and she is a social media consultant. Uh, but the thing that she's coming on to talk about today and kind of not only talk about her motivation and choices that she makes every single day when she wakes up, but also to bring awareness because it's something that is more common than people realize, but literally have no idea what to do when things are happening or how to address it or even how to have a conversation about it because it's such a weird topic for people to approach, which I don't really know. And because we have a teenage daughter between us with the years we've known each other, it's been a part of my life, my entire life. And so I'm really excited to be a little bit more educated, the stories that I was there for, but to hear it more from your perspective, but also to have you guys be educated and like have questions answered and to be motivated by the life choices that she has to make every single day just to go outside and do what you're passionate and creative about. I think it's really beautiful. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So hello, McKenna. Hi, I'm so glad to be on. I'm so honored. (laughs) Your ascot is so precious. You're like adorable. I'm over here in like a gray sweater looking like a slob. This is unfair. It's okay. My hair is filled with dry shampoo. So it's (laughs) weird. And I'm wearing leggings. Modern woman. (laughs) so let's kind of just start from the beginning because I think that'll be the easiest way to kind of talk about your journey and open up a little bit about the ins and outs because everyone's seizure um, is different and everyone's journey is different so this is a little bit of your journey but also you're super educated and that has something to do with your mother where I think Vicky could be a doctor at this point. She just (laughs) knows so much. She could be her own company on what to do with epilepsy, how to help. I love my mom to death. She is like my go-to day one. If anyone tries to come after me, like she's the the Hulk. And I love anybody though. She like adopts you into the family and she will attack without question. She's it's a a loving attack though. It's a loving attack. I don't know. It sounds terrible when I say that. No, no, in like the best possible way. Like you don't. She's a mama bear. That's the best way to describe it. That's the best way. Yeah, and she's the best mama bear. Mm -hmm. She really is. So before I start, let me kind of explain what seizures are for those who aren't familiar. So what it is is it's 
it's a brain storm in your brain. You can't see it. It's neurons misfiring. And there are so many different types of seizures and everybody's are different. You know, there are absence, which look like steering spells. And, you know, you think, oh, they're just daydreaming. But with absence, uh, it's also called petty mal seizures. Um, absence seizures, you like try to get the person's attention. You can like poke them. You can wave your hand in front of them and they will not respond. But after a short period of time, they'll come back and they'll act as if nothing has happened. They don't recognize that a time has been gone. They, they don't. They just zoned out, completely zoned out. Uh, there's also a kind called tonic-clonic, or is also called grand mal seizures. Not grand mal, like the person who you love, but <laughs> grand, G-R-A-N-D, mal. Yeah. And so what these are are what people really think of when they think of epilepsy. It's falling to the floor, convulsing, foaming at the mouth, and that's what people are scared of. There is another type of seizure. Um, All three of these I have. It's called myoclonic seizures. And what a myoclonic is, is it's that like, it's a big twitch. And that sounds weird when I say it, but it's like your legs will buckle and your arm will go up or part of your body will throw to the floor. Like you have uncontrollable spasms and that doesn't sound bad. But when you're walking down a flight of stairs and your legs buckle out from underneath you, it's not a pretty feeling. And I can tell you from experience, it's a, look at there. (laughs) Is it similar to, um, what is it? uh, The other uh, disorder where you can't help, but you have like tics and um, twitches. Um, Yeah. What is that? It's um, Tourette's. Tourette's. Is it similar to Tourette's? It's, it's similar to Tourette's, I guess, is what you could okay. compare it to. Now, these yeah. are just three types of epilepsy um, seizures, I guess. Epilepsy is the total diagnosis. Seizures are individual. The specific ones. Yeah. So these are just three types of seizures. There are so many more and so many that I don't understand. And what's also interesting is that seizures, uh, they happen all over the brain. So for some people, it'll happen in just one specific spot. So maybe it's the back part of the brain or the frontal lobe. And actually, if it stays in that area, you can have a brain surgery to remove it. Oh, wow. Which sounds scary. Yeah. But it has about a 50-50 success rate. And it scares That's me a little. not great odds. It's still not great odds. But... Um, for some people it works. I am not a candidate. Uh, so I have whole brain where that means that the seizures happen throughout my, my head, throughout my brain. And it's like a giant storm that's happening. Uh, like a hurricane, like a hurricane that's just going around and And you never uh, know when it's hitting. No. And, and so for a lot of people who have seizures, they have an aura or they'll have a taste in their mouth. So a friend of mine... Oh, like a warning. A warning. Before it happens. Oh, interesting. So they have a warning, which is great. 
but you don't have that. I don't have a warning. I was like, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> Usually it's like, uh, okay, red alert. <laughs> yeah. So okay. what it is, is like, I've known people who they get a metallic taste on their tongue. And if they're standing or they're driving, they pull over at that instance and they stop and they have whatever seizure or however bad it's going to be. I've known people who they've seen a train, which I think would be really scary. Like a train is coming at you. Oh, Uh, like you in your head, it's a vision of like a vision of a train coming at you. Yeah. Which is. Oh, wow. Um, I think what we've realized with me is over time. um, Well, let me me start from the beginning. Yeah, because you have all three that you've mentioned now, but that was never the case at the beginning. So you've slowly, as time is progressive, kind of picked these up along your journey because you just (laughs) you just started with one. They're your new passengers. You're driving a car and you're just picking up passengers with you. It's like when you're going through the grocery store and you're like, oh, like ice cream, like I want this. It's like yep. going through the grocery store of things you Seizures. don't want. <laughs> Seizures, yeah, <laughs> things you don't want. And it kind of hops in your cart on its own. And you can't get it out. And you're you like, get it out. And it's like, no, I'm here forever. So um, uh, petty mall seizures or absence, the first one I mentioned, are the steering spells. And that is actually super common in young children and about 80% of kids grow out of it, but the other 20% grow into it. Um, And so it first started happening when I was about six. Yeah, that's when it was. Uh, My parents divorced when I was real little. And around that time, my biological dad moved to Florida and it really affected my brother. And he was really upset. It, it didn't And your brother's me. older. My brother's six years older. His name is Austin. And he's also amazing. Yeah. Um, let me introduce my family super quick. So <laughs> I have my mom, Vicky, who's fabulous. Mm-hmm. I have my stepdad, David, who is, we call him Saint also David. fabulous. Yes. Oh. So my actual birth last name is Blackstone but David is adopting me. And so my last name is Kinder now, which is, it's amazing. And I'm then so happy for you. it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is, it's huge. I mean, trust me coming from me. That's what I'm waiting on. The paperwork just takes too long. Jeff says, it I'm like, just forever. adopt me, dude, please. <laughs> I'm like, just adopt me. I'm, I'm starting a movement of needing to be adopted by my stepdad right now. <laughs> So uh, I have one biological sibling. His name is Austin. He's six years older. He has red hair. He's six two, uh, an engineer. We're polar opposites. He's like he lives in Japan now. He, yeah, he just recently moved to Tokyo. But I love him with all of my heart. And um, from David and Austin's previous- totally healthy. Oh yeah, Austin's completely yeah. healthy. He has from no problems same parents, whatsoever. Totally healthy totally healthy. He never had any sort of epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have my stepsister, Katie, who is awesome. I love Katie. Yes. She's we adore. San Antonio. She is seven years older and she is now the vice president of fundraising and development for the witty. I think I got that right. Katie's very, very smart. Yes. <laughs> very, and very smart. Bakes. And she bakes. She's like a, a master baker. Katie, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, 
uh, her, her bakery is Katie's Midnight Bakery. You should definitely go get her Parker House rolls because they're delicious. Okay. They are delicious. McKenna's family gave us some, and that is why I can't lose this quarantine weight. So, Katie, you better be listening, and my my thighs are not thankful to you right now. <laughs> it's delicious. But so uh, when I was six, Rennie, my biological dad, moved to Florida. It really affected Austin, and he was really upset. It didn't bother me as much, but apparently in class I started um, – daydreaming and staring out and I would stop mid-conversation and my teachers thought I was acting out they they thought okay there's a big life event McKenna's just reacting to it and then a couple other people mentioned it to my mom and, and one person suggested you know maybe she should get an EEG done and for those who don't know an EEG is like a brain scan where they put all these electrodes on your head and they tried to make you have a seizure so they can see your brain waves. Uh, and she said, you know, go get an EEG done. See if there's anything on McKenna. It's just better safe than sorry. So we did that. <clears throat> and it turned out that I had petty mall seizures, the little seizures. And when I was young, it was very maintainable, uh, manageable, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I only took one medication, took it forever. And it was easy once a day. Oh, and, they and, and they stopped. And they stopped. I miss it. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> they stopped after a while. When when I uh, graduated from fifth grade and I was going into sixth grade, my mom decided, you know, maybe maybe she's okay. Like it hasn't gotten that bad. Maybe she's outgrown it. Maybe she's at eighty percent. And so they take me off of it, and I get into sixth grade, and come about November, they start happening again. And so we're like, you know, we need to put her back on him just, just to be rather safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> seventh grade comes around. And for those who don't know, uh, epilepsy can really be affected by hormones. So puberty. And puberty. Mm-hmm. And so in your seventh grade year, you turn 13, right? That's a major hormone moment. Oh, yeah. I do not miss those photos. Some photos of us hitting puberty are just need to be buried. Kenna, they're so bad. They're so bad. And so (laughs) the day after my 13th birthday, um, I was at home and I was folding laundry. Nothing stressful. It was a Saturday morning. I just had an awesome birthday party. Like I was chill as a chill as pill. I don't know what a better... Chill as a cucumber would probably yeah, be a, a better Yeah, chill as a cucumber. That's probably a better one. <laughs> You're so I'm really standing fun. there, and I'm folding all this laundry, and then all of a sudden, I drop to the floor. And the only thing I remember is waking up on the floor. During that time, I have no recollection. And I like to compare it to changing scenes in a movie, where one moment we'll be talking, and the next moment... I'll be in my car. And during that time, I have no idea, no sense of what happened, Mm -hmm. which you're thinking, oh, okay. It's, it's kind of scary. It's really, yeah. And for people who are our age, who listen, it's going to be like blacking out at a bar 
when you're out with your friends and you kind of know what's going on, but then all of a sudden you don't, and then you're in your bed the next morning and you don't know how you got home. You don't know what you said, what you did. You don't remember anything. That's what happens to you. Um, like regularly, I don't want to say every day, but it's getting better regularly. I, I had one two weeks ago. So it's, it's something where, I'll get to it. That's yeah. a story. We'll get story. We're building. We're building. <laughs> so uh, I fall to the floor and I start seizing. I'm not conscious. My parents hear something and they come running in. Uh, so my mom is calling 911 on one phone. And on my dad's phone, she's calling our neighbors. One, one of them is an oncologist. And then the other is a neurosurgeon. And so our neighbors get there first and then EMS gets there and my mom had never seen a grand mal seizure, the big seizure. They're ugly. All right. I'm just going to tell you all this now. They are ugly. There's nothing. They're scary. They're scary. A lot of symptoms include just shaking uncontrollably, foaming at the mouth. Uh, Some people even urinate because they can't control their bowels. Luckily, I do not. I guess that's one positive. <laughs> Go, Kenna. Looking at the positives, you have to look at the positives of this. Um, oh, that's why I love you. But also, those are the ones that are depicted most regularly in films and TV shows. And when yeah. people think of a seizure disorder, that's what they think just the uncontrollable, like flailing on the ground. And that's where most people get really nervous and uncomfortable. That's, and, and people, okay. So there's this great fairy tale where back in the 1950s, people said if someone's having a seizure, you put a piece of leather or a wallet in their mouth. Oh, so they won't bite their tongue. Right. Let me say this again. (laughs) Do not do that. Do not do it. Do not do it. Because if you try to force someone's mouth open, it can break their jaw or they could bite off your finger. Yeah, we'll bite you, not on purpose. Um, (laughs) We'll bite you. (laughs) But honestly, what you should do is you roll a person on their side. And what this does is that if somebody starts to vomit, they don't choke on it. So, So they're turned on their side, all right? Move anything harmful out of the way. So if it's furniture or like a glass piece of art that if they hit it, it could hurt them. Move everything out of the way and then just let them shake. And do not crowd them, especially if you're in a public place. Um, This was something that we'll we'll get to. But I know that when Kenna started having the seizures in school, people didn't know what to do. And so we would be in the middle of English class was really kind of the final straw before you gave the announcement to the whole school of like, <laughs> hey, guys, you're going to kill me if you don't do this right. But it was literally an entire English class. And it was Miss um, Gibbons. Wasn't that her name? Yeah. Um, um, that was her name. She, yeah, she and I were kind of just like, back the fuck up. Like everyone was like, oh, my God, McKenna. And they're like hovering over her. And I was like literally move just move just let her do her thing please move so so okay like what I said you roll me on my side you put a pillow underneath my head Mm -hmm. or a thigh or something soft and you just let me shake it out don't pin me down what I like to compare it to is think of the Florence and the Machine song 
shake it out, shake it out, shake it out, shake it out. Just just let me do that. Okay. It's my moment. Just let me shake it. It's my moment. It's my moment. Um, I can physically not swallow my tongue. So do not worry about that. Um, I might grind my teeth, but I won't swallow my tongue. And there's weird noises and things of pain because every muscle in your body is spasming and locked up and, and your body is hurting itself is what it sounds like. And that's normal. And you can't do anything about that. And just from the perspective of someone who has been there while you've had seizures, while other people have had seizures, it is really scary, but they will be okay as long as you follow the steps properly. And there's nothing you can do. So, yes. If there's one thing to remember, roll me on my side. And just don't put anything in my mouth. Because it can it can honestly break my jaw. So this first seizure I had, I fell. I started seizing. Our neighbors came over. And what I remember is I woke up. And on my left side was my dad, David. And he was crying. And I had never seen him cry. And then on my right side was Dr. Fiftel, who was a neurosurgeon. And I'm like, what am I doing down here? Like, this is the ground. This is not my bed. <laughs> and Dr. Fiftel is holding my head. And he's very calm. And he said, McKenna, you just had a grand mal seizure. Your body hurts. Your head hurts. But you're going to be okay. And I'm looking around the room and I'm, I look in the kitchen and my mom is sobbing and the other Dr. Fichtel, she is trying to comfort my mom. And then on the left side, in the corner of my eye, I see a gurney and I see a paramedic and I, and I, I look at it again and I think that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> so what happened was I ended up going to the hospital and about 99% of the time, if somebody has a seizure... They don't need to go to the hospital. What all they're going to do is give you a very expensive bag of saline and Mm -hmm. very expensive leave. Honestly, that's all. Charge you for the ambulance (laughs) and charging the most. I've oh, that's that's, yes. yes. So, anyways, I had the seizure, and I go to school two or three days later, and like Krisney said, I had a seizure in class. I dropped to the floor and I just started seizing. And I hadn't told anybody about it. Everybody was kind of scared. But luckily, our teacher, her son, um, had spent a lot of time in the hospital as a child. So she recognized this was a seizure, and she knew what to do. So everybody fluttered around, and she was telling us what to do. And I just remember waking up, and I'm looking around. And I look to the back, and it's, it's the hallway, and it's a passing period. And the crush at my time was just standing there looking over me and I was mortified. <laughs> I just remember that was the only thing I felt is that I was mortified. Oh, <laughs> Hannah. But I was fine. I the, So mm-hmm. the only thing that I can do after a seizure is I sleep it off. I sleep it off like it's a hangover. Um, that's, that's it. I sleep about three to four hours. A lot. And so yeah. the seizure itself will last only two to three minutes. But for me to become conscious, it takes about another half an hour. I'll try to sit up. I'll try to talk. But it's not me. Everybody reacts different. 
to their seizures. This is just my reaction. So after I have that seizure in class, uh, I think the next day, my mom was like trying to find not just a pediatric epileptologist, but somebody who could deal with more. And luckily, there, uh, one of our classmates, her mom, uh, is an epileptologist. And so she took me under her wing. And I was so tired. And I didn't know what was going on. And they, they decided to do an assembly. And I say, I say, okay, uh, don't know what I'm going to say, but okay. <laughs> so I walk up to the podium and I'm still happy. And this is in a full theater. So when they, when McKenna says an assembly, like the way our school operates is that means sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Everyone was in this auditorium and McKenna like basically stood on a stage with a microphone and a podium ready to give a speech in front of everyone that we go to school with. It was probably a good 400 people. Uh, easy. easy. Yeah. Easy. And so I get up there and I stand there for a minute and I switch my weight around and I say, if you were in Miss Gibbons seventh grade English class, please stand. So everybody slowly stands. And I say, give a round of applause because these people were there during my seizure and it was not pretty. And everyone's like, okay, what, what is this? So everybody sits down. And very roughly, I explained to them what I told you. You know, this is what you do. It's very scary. You roll me on my side, put nothing in my mouth, and just let me shake. Uh, and don't pin me down. And then I go, okay, peace. And I go and I sit down. <laughs> yep. And my doctor, then she follows up, and she gives a much more clinical response. But, um, yeah, so now That's that I look you back. educated everyone. And that was a big thing is that everybody was educated. And shortly after that, this school started posting posters around the school in bathrooms, yep. in locker rooms, in the dance studio about what to do during a seizure. Because, you know, you're taught about CPR and you're sort of taught the Heimlich maneuver, but you're really never taught what to do with a seizure. And I don't and want to use the word common, but it is a lot more prevalent that I think people realize. And because there are so many different versions of seizures, and we can kind of talk about how you're not triggered by flashing lights or kind of traditional triggers that people think about of like, oh, you can't go to concerts, this, that, and the other. And that also has something that has affected your social life and has affected the way people respond to you and invite you out. And that's something that I also want to squash right now for you and just so that people know you have to ask people about their specific seizures. You can't make assumptions for them. So and, you, and you have to, some people, they aren't as forthcoming about their seizures. They're embarrassed right. and that is totally okay. Um, and it's okay if they never want to embrace it. I kind of just, everyone saw it. So it was like, well, there's no hiding it. <laughs> They've seen it. Yep. Might as well talk about it. Because like my crush saw it and it's over. That's fine. It's over. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, as time went on, I started to have these seizures more and more often. And we would try different medications and I would have weight gain and weight loss and fuzziness and everything. Um, I've had seizures 
I like to rank them in the funniest places where I've had them. Okay. Uh, I've had them at a debutante ball. That was fun. It wasn't my dead ball. It was somebody else's. But apparently <laughs> I dropped to the floor and I started seizing. And of course, in the room, about half the dads are lawyers and the other half are doctors. And they run to me and they create a barricade. And all I remember is waking up in an ambulance. And I only had on one shoe because I was like, my foot is cold. Why do I only have one shoe? You had a Cinderella seizure. I had a Cinderella <laughs> seizure pretty much. And my mom is yelling it. with, she's yelling with the paramedic because the paramedic wants to take me to the hospital and give me all this stuff. And my mom is like, absolutely not. Da, 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 da. She doesn't need this. She just needs to sleep. And eventually I wake up and she's like, yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Can you tell him like, you don't need this. And I was like, oh yeah, fine. Like I just, I, I need, need to go to sleep. It's, we call it a seizure hangover because it's a hangover, you know? Um, and so I enter high school and high school is really when everything changes. So just to recap, I still have petty mall seizures, which are the daydreaming spells. And that happened a lot during class. And that would be bad because a teacher would be teaching something in math or in science where like you really need to pay attention and I would be daydreaming and it wasn't on purpose, but it was just, I would be blanking out and my mm -hmm. petty mall seizures, they're not physical. You can't see them, but I'm out for six to 10 seconds. And so freshman year was interesting. And then sophomore year, I developed a third type of seizure called myoclonic and we didn't know it until it happened. <laughs> and, yeah. and what happened was my parents, my sister and I got up early to go on vacation and we were getting out of the cab to go to the airport and my legs kept on buckling. And my sister thought I was just being clumsy. She was like, oh, that's funny. And I was like, no, I can't stand. And they're trying to figure out what to do with me. They've never seen this. They put me in a wheelchair. My mom is freaking out but rightly so. Yeah. And they get me through TSA. And like I said, I just, I take um, what it, the medication I take after I have a seizure is called Ativan. And it just makes me sleep. It just makes me sleep. You just take a little bit. So I took an Ativan and I went to sleep on the plane, but we got back and my mom was like, what is this? So we go back to our, my doctor and she's doing all these tests. And I was having a lot of seizures very frequently. So this was my sophomore year and, and she comes in one day and she has this kind of grim look on her face. And she goes, McKenna, I really hate to tell you this, but you are a candidate for SUDEP. And I'm like, oh, like, is this a beauty queen pageant? Like, have I been pissed? <laughs> it's the most Southern thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, no, McKenna. SUDEP stands for Sudden Unexpected Death in Epilepsy. And I sit there for a moment and I say, what? I was like, I don't understand what that means. I said, death? I said, I take my meds every morning. I'm precautious. I go to bed early. Um, I avoid things I'm not supposed to have. And she said, the, how often you have your seizures and how bad your seizures are you're a candidate for SUDEP and SUDEP is compared to SIDS and that an SIDS, infant death syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so with SIDS, 
babies basically die in their sleep and there's no real reason they stop breathing. And so that is what SUDEP is. And it was very people with epilepsy. Mm -hmm. It was very uncommon that I would have it because it typically occurs in prepubescent boys. (laughs) And by this time I was like, no, but it was. And, and I looked at my doctor and I looked at my mom and I said, you're kidding. Right. And she goes, I wish I was. And so at this time I was 15 and when you're 15, you know, you're taking driver's ed and you have your friend who has the license and you're having all this fun, but I couldn't drive because what if I'm driving? People with epilepsy can't drive unless you have no seizure for a year, correct? It it depends in every state. So like in New Mexico, it's a year. In Texas, it used to be six months, but they have brought it back to three months which in my opinion is oh. not a great idea because um, no. if you have someone like me like, and they think, oh, I'm fine, I'm just going to drive, I could be driving and I could have unintentional manslaughter, which mm-hmm. I, could, I could never get off of my mind. So anyways, it, I never drove. I never took driver's ed because of that reason. I was having seizures yeah. every six to eight weeks, and they weren't the little ones. They were the big ones. They were the falling to the floor convulsions. My arms would, you know, it it was bad. And so I never learned how to drive. And around this time, you know, in high school, you might play around with drinking or play around with all this stuff, but I couldn't because it would severely affect my medication and my body. And I just said, no, look, I can't do that. And and people really kind of judged me and left me. And these are people I'd know since I was seven. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one friend where we're, we're friends now, but we had gone to formal and I was like, okay, like what's our after party? Like, I'm so excited. And she got real quiet and she looked at me and she said, McKenna, you're kind of not invited. And I was like, what is this mean girls? And she goes, no, McKenna, we're afraid you will die on our watch and we don't want to be responsible for you. And I cannot tell you how much that hurt in the gut because these are people who I trust with my life, but they couldn't trust me. And so sophomore year was bad. And and I almost attempted suicide. It was, it was bad. I took that sedative called Ativan And you're only supposed to take like a quarter of it because it makes you sleep. And I had a whole bottle and I had a whole bottle in my left hand. I had a glass of water in my right hand. I thought about it. You know how you have like the little angel and devil on your shoulders. Yeah. I was like, I was like, McKenna, let's be logical. Let's make a list. Let's do a T-chart. Oh my God, Kenna. I made a T-chart and it was like cons. Like people are judging me like, high school sucks. Like, I don't like this. And then pros, it was like my parents, my parents got me through high school and that sounds so lame, but they did. And so I, I put the medication away, drank the glass of water and I went to bed and I eventually told my mom and, and she was like, Oh my God. And I said, look, it's not you. I mean, in fact, you're the reason I didn't. 
but it um, it's just hard. And so for those who don't know, I, Krizny and I both attended St. Mary's Hall, which is a very rigorous academic preparatory school. And a lot of kids go to Harvard or Stanford, uh, Cornell. I was not going to go McKenna there. and I did not. We did not do that. <laughs> and, and probably about junior year, I realized I wasn't going to go there. My brain just wouldn't allow it. It's not that I didn't want to. I just, I couldn't keep up with it. And so uh, I was talking to my college counselor and my parents had to deal with me. They said, you know, we really need you to be within four hours driving distance of San Antonio. Now, for those who don't know, Texas is really big. You can drive from one <laughs> end of the state to the other the whole day and still not get out. No, and... I live in New York now and people are like, let's go to Canada for the weekend. And my Texas brain is like, how do we leave the country and make it a three-day weekend does not compute because my Texas ass is like, I'm going to drive 17 hours and never leave the state of New York because that's what it's like in Texas. <laughs> but it's literally only our state and probably California. It's, it's, it's a very large state. It's huge. And so they had it, they had restricted to three hours, which is understandable. And so I told my college counselor that, and she said, you know, go check out the school Shriner. It's only an hour away. It's in a tiny town called Kerrville. And for those who don't know, Kerrville is like a retirement town, like old people. It's we a don't even baby have town. Baby town. We would go to Walmart for fun. And when we got a Chick-fil-A, like it was the highlight of my sophomore year. Not even chick <laughs> But it was very different college experiences. <laughs> it was very different. And so getting ready for for college, everyone was freaking out. And I'm a terrible test taker. Like, I just can't take a test. I'll know the information. But if you want me to write it down on a piece of paper, it leaves my brain. And that sounds dumb, but it, that's what happens. And so um, I do terrible in my SATs and my ACTs. But I'm a really good writer. So I wrote a really great essay for Shriner. And they accepted me and they gave me some scholarships and I decided to go there. And at the end of every school year, St. Mary's Hall will publish where their seniors are going. And so we had this big group photo and they have everybody listed and I'm in this photo. But they wouldn't list where I was going. They wouldn't list my name because it wasn't a University of Texas, or it wasn't an Ivy. An Ivy. It, it was a small, small school. But and that's what you needed. It was exactly what I needed. And I'm so glad I went there. And so I get to Shriner, and, you know, you have your freshman orientation. And everybody is going around, and they're introducing themselves. And, and straight off from the bat, I say, hi, my name is McKenna. I have epilepsy. This is what you do. Don't call EMS. Uh, <laughs> don't don't charge me for those uh, ambulance bills. I'm not and I'm not, not about that right now. Oh yeah. So it. I was just honest, and people really appreciate that. Honesty is always appreciated, and they um, they're so much more open to it and responsive if you're honest. And so then the next day we're in the same groups and our mentor goes, okay, like if you had a superpower, like what would it be? And what would your superhero name be? 
So everybody's going around in the group and it gets to me and I'm like, I don't know what it would be. Crap. And someone goes, oh, it would be seizure girl. And everyone goes, oh, that's so mean. And I sit there and I start laughing because it's true yeah. and it's great. And my superpower would be like thunderstorms and I start bursting out laughing. And so that became a running joke throughout college is if I had a seizure or if there was a moment um, where like it was just my brain being my brain, it was hashtag seizure girl. Like we got to get seizure girl through this. <laughs> and that sounds oh terrible when and I say always, it. No, you've always had such always like an incredible humor about it and like want to talk about it. You were very serious about it, but you're also like, it's not changing. So like, let's make it this is my life like come on this this is what happened and so and I do want to touch on your traveling with it of like saying like this is my life not letting it kind of dictate what you can and cannot do so you wanted to make sure you went to college you did have I don't want to say limitations but you needed to be within a certain area for your safety and for your health and for your parents' peace of mind, because I swear Vicky was not going to make it through if you moved anywhere further. But mm-hmm. now that's not a limitation that you're allowing yourself because I think you've traveled more than I have. As like around the world, you're obsessed with people and culture, and and technically it's a it's a gamble of you being in these foreign countries. And it's a gamble of you getting on a plane and flying to Italy and flying to Spain and all these places because of the long flight. And what are you going to do if it happens on a plane, but you haven't let that stop anything. No, if anything, it helped me. And that sounds so weird, but, uh, first day of freshman year, I got a work study with the study abroad office. I had never had a job. I had no idea what a work study was, but I had a super cool boss, Dr. Sonia Lin, shout out to her. And so I helped um, her plan study abroad trips. In Shriner, a lot of their students are from small towns. And so they really wanted their kids to study abroad and they would subsidize the cost. And I mean, it was an amazing, I was able to go to Italy for four weeks, round trip airfare, room and board, and side trips, and tuition for $3,000. And that is bragging. I mean, (laughs) it's great. And so I loved it. And a lot of trips, my mom would come with me, which is understandable, but it was always, you know, planning and figuring out, you know, where is the nearest hospital if something happens? Um... And so Italy was great. But one thing that I learned is that I don't sweat with my medication. And so sweating cools your body down. So if you don't sweat, overheat. And if I, there's been moments where I've overheated and I've gone into a seizure. And so one side weekend, we went to Venice and it was one of the hottest weekends on record. And I couldn't get water. I couldn't get ice. And... (laughs) I remember walking into like an ice cream parlor and they were like, we don't, we, we can't give you water. And I looked at them and I said, you're going to give me ice or ice cream, or you're going to have an American seizing on the floor. And everyone just kind of looked at me. I got ice. Now that is not like, <laughs> it was bad. And no. so as soon as we got back on the bus, people took baby wipes and they started wiping me down with baby wipes because there was a moisture in the baby wipes. 
Um, but I love oh, Italy. Wow. Fun fact. Yes. <laughs> Things you learn. So now I carry baby baby wipes with me everywhere. Um, so I worked. In the I, I love office. that. Yeah. I worked in the study abroad office, and I joined a sorority. And I know that sounds very oh my god da da da, but we had a super small chapter, and the smaller the chapter, typically the closer you are with the girls. And I we only had thirty girls, I think in total, maybe forty. And everyone was so supportive and so protective. Um, I loved it. They they were some of my support system. Delta Phi Epsilon forever. Defer. Oh, my <laughs> God. All right. Now you're just letting your Texas show. Um, before we start talking about, like, nonprofit organizations and places where people can go to get more information and stuff like that, this is something that you will have for the rest of your life. I mean, hopefully we can monitor it and we can sub not subdue it but make sure it doesn't happen as regularly but this is still something that you just a couple months ago had to go in completely off your medication and try and get new medication and now you're doing like three different pills and trying to find the right cocktail and so on and so forth so can you touch a little bit on that of just like that yeah. whole journey with the medication process because it's scary so a lot of people can outgrow it or they can have surgery or they can have implants. That won't help me. My seizure is genetic. It skipped four generations and I got three types. Now, this hasn't happened anywhere else in my family. Okay. I, uh, I just, I want that to be very clear. I'm the only person. And, um, I will never grow out of it. I will always have to be on medication, always. So last year, we switched doctors um, just because it's always good to have a second opinion. So we went to, we're going to this doctor in Austin now. And she said, I want to take you off of your medication. Now, this medication cocktail, I had been on for at least 10 years. My body was dependent on it. And so she said, what we're going to do is we're going to do a week in the... Uh, EMU, which stands for the Epilepsy Monitoring Unit. So basically, they hooked all those electrodes onto my brain, and for a week, they tried to make me have a seizure. They would bring in strobe lights, you know, uh, sleep deprivation, working out, hyperventilation, and of course, it didn't have a seizure. You know, when you need something, it doesn't happen. Um, well, yeah, all too well. So, but we learned how my brain was reacting, which was great. And um, yeah, so we were trying different medications. And from that, we've probably tried at least seven new medications over this past year, which is a lot. And having yeah. your body react to it. And like I have kept just a seizure journal. For those who don't know, I love to journal. I keep postcards and graphics and whatever. She has but a I beautiful have. journal of her trip around Europe. And um, when you guys reach out to her, because I know you guys are, and you're going to ask her questions and you're going to show her love and support, but you also need to ask her to send photos of this journal because it looks like something out of a movie. It's freaking gorgeous. It's traveling definitely 
made me better with the seizures. Uh, so my junior year, I studied a semester in Spain. My Spanish is still terrible, by the way. But I had <laughs> an amazing roommate. Shout out to Mackenzie Frackleton. You're the best. And we were actually potluck roommates. Um, she's from Boston. You know, I'm from deep south. We didn't. I was actually just a room with somebody else. And then they decided they didn't want a roommate. So Mackenzie and I got together. And we moved into this residencia, which is like a dorm. And we were put on the fourth floor. And these were very steep staircases. And I now have a phobia of stairs. And um, we didn't think anything of it. But one morning, I got up. And I was going to class. And I always try to hold on to the rail. But I was going downstairs. And someone was coming upstairs. And they were holding on to the rail. So I wanted to be nice and let them pass. So they passed me. And the next step I took, before I could even grab onto the railing, my legs buckled out from underneath me, myoclonic seizure, and I started tumbling down like a tumbleweed. And these were marble stairs. And um, then I fell onto the landing and I started seizing. And it was a grand seizure, the, the big one. And um, it was right around breakfast. And so all of the native Spaniards started seeing me and they were like, oh my God. So they ran up to my room to get McKenzie, right? And saying McKenna in Spanish is very hard. So they say Machina and Machina translates to machine. So they're picking up my pillow and they're shaking it. They're, they're grabbing my blanket and McKenzie goes, oh shit, McKenna. And so she runs down the stairs and she sees me convulsing and someone grabs another person in our program and she runs downstairs and Mackenzie speaks fluent Spanish. So she's telling everyone to move out of the way. Da, 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 I have this. And so she's rolling me on my side and she's telling everyone she'll be okay. Just don't do this. And around the time I'm starting to wake up, the Spanish paramedics arrive and they're trying to talk to me but I'm already out. And then second, I really can't speak Spanish. So <laughs> Izzy is talking to them for me in like the very big vibrato using the hands. And they're telling her, you know, we don't want to talk to you. We want to talk to McKenna, the one who's seizing. And Mackenzie is saying she can't understand. She you. can't talk, dude. Can't talk, yeah. dude. And so I, I tap Mackenzie and I say, what's going on? I'm very very kindly, she goes, it's okay, sweetheart. I've got you under control. Don't worry. Oh. So they ended up taking me away because uh, I did fall down. An entire flight of marble stairs. Yes, you, you needed to go. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a time I should go. And um, I was fine. I was fine. I had this beautiful neck brace. Uh, <laughs> <it was> great. <laughs> That's the photo you want in Spain. You and a beautiful neck brace. <laughs> It was, it was great. I got a couple days off from school. Um, oh, my God. But a few weeks later in Spain, I had another seizure. So I woke up one morning, and I had food poisoning. I had really bad food poisoning. And I kept on going to the restroom, and I was throwing up, and, and I couldn't get it under control. And I was the only one in my room. It was just me. And... Uh, 
Then I fell and I had a seizure. No one's there. I fell, I had a seizure, I'm throwing up, which I typically don't do, but since I was sick, I was, and I was on my back. And then I swear, this was a God thing. Like whoever you believe in, this is them intervening. At that moment, Mackenzie walked in and she saw me throwing up, like asphyxiation is basically what was happening to me. And she rolled me on my side. She scooped the vomit out of my mouth so I wouldn't choke on it. And she just held me. She held me. She made sure I didn't hit my head. And she was just there. And she said, you know, McKenna, she was spending a night at one of our other friends' houses. She said, I woke up this morning early and I felt this presence that I needed to come home. And it was that exact moment that I was seizing. And oh my god. It was one of those where it still gives me chills. Yeah. Um, definitely saved my life. And and there was another Well, there have been many seizures where there's probably where I should have died. I yeah. I'm not joking. I fell and I hit my head on the window seal and then I continued to fall and I hit it on the marble floor. Or the tile floor, my bad. And I started seizing. And this was back in Texas and my parents couldn't turn me over. And so for my seizure, I'm on my, my face and my stomach convulsing, spitting up. So after I stopped, they turn me over and this huge lump comes out of my head. And you see like on the cartoons when they hit each other with the hammer or whatever. Mallet or whatever. Literally, that's what it looked like. And my dad was like, oh my God, maybe she needs to go to the hospital. This could damage her brain and we looked it up and it was if the swelling goes inside you could be a vegetable but the swelling went outside which is what happened to me yeah it's much that's good to know it's it's much better and all it does is it created a bruise and so what oh yeah it did yeah so I ended up getting two black eyes Mm -hmm. and around this time I started dating someone and girls would come up to me and they were like, are you okay? Are you in an abusive relationship? Well, you did look like the Hamburglar for a hot minute there. It was bad. It was so yeah. good. My my reaction was, no, I just got in a bar fight with Snooki and Wow. So I can't with you. But there, but there are different, there's tons of different stories. There's tons of different types of epilepsy. This is just a few, like a very small window into your experience with it. And you, you could talk for hours, hours about, I mean, it's a lifetime of experience that you have and I'm are so beautiful to want to share and be open about. Like, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about you. Um, but there are resources for people who are listening to this and they're like, oh shit, like I thought I was just kind of spacey, but no, maybe this is something that I need to look into more. Or someone who is knowing that they're experiencing seizures, hasn't really been able to find the right medication or been with the right doctor, because it's also a rough thing because you need to have a lot you need of a support money. system. Yeah. You need a support and- system and insurance is always a thing, especially in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a great nonprofit, uh, called the Epilepsy Center of Central and South Texas, and they have these epilepsy or epilepsy foundation. There are multiple chapters across the U S 
but um, okay. the one closest to us is Central and South Texas. Yeah. And what they do every summer is they actually do a summer camp. And I had gone to camp for years. And so I was like, this sounds like fun, whatever. And this camp is for kids who have seizures and for their siblings or family members. And at mm. this camp, kids can be themselves. If they have a seizure, it's okay. They don't They're have to be embarrassed. Space. They're in a safe space. Um, they the pools are dedicated because a lot of people can't swim with epilepsy. You can drown. And so they had accommodating pools and facilities. All the counselors were prepped on what to do. Um, And it was really great. And I was the counselor for the oldest girls cabin. And it was so interesting to hear their stories versus mine, where one girl was telling me, you know, St. Mary's Hall was very accepting of my seizures and embraced it. This little girl, she was at her middle school and people used to try to make her have a seizure. They would put a strobe light in her face and say, make the epileptic seize. And then another person would take out a video recorder and record it and put it on the internet and they wouldn't get in trouble. Oh my God, McKenna. And, And it was one of those where it made me furious. Because I, yeah. I couldn't do anything at her home, but I could do something at camp. And they and have so, those camps all over? or I know they have them in Texas, and I'm pretty sure that they have them across the U.S. If, if not, okay. camp, they have lots and lots of support systems. And, and you're what... also a support system that oh, sure. our listeners and things. Where can people kind of reach out to you and um, kind of get in touch with you? So... They can follow me on social media. I mean, that's my job. <laughs> Our social media so consultant over here. But, no, yes. What's your Instagram but, handle? It's literally just McKenna Kinder. Oh, I love simple. that. Plain and simple. <laughs> but people, just so that people know, like you, I, I know a friend of mine recently has been experiencing that she thinks that she is experiencing seizures. And I reached out to you and you are extremely open to talking about just about anything related to seizures or even your day. McKenna is like a beautiful person and she's so funny and bubbly. Like she's down to talk about and she's traveled just about everywhere. So I'm I'm pretty sure we could have a really decent conversation with McKenna. (laughs) My passport is pretty filled up and I'm very grateful. I'm jealous. Um, But it's, it can be a very scary thing and you need support. Uh, The Epilepsy Foundation, if you're going through a time and you can't afford your medication, they ask for donations from other patients like myself who have switched from medications and they have extras. And so they have a stash of medication that they can give you. And um, so that's definitely something to look into if your insurance doesn't cover your medication, because there are a ton of great epilepsy medications, but they cost $3,000 for 30 pills. Oh, and it's kind of... It, it, a whole separate rant on our insurance. <laughs> I do have to ask though, cause you know, it's called chipping away the mm-hmm. podcast. And I mean, you've known me for over 16 years. So you just know that I'm obsessed with people and motivation and passion and choices. And so that was the whole point of making this is that I'm super fascinated about what keeps people chipping away at their rock 
and the rock is different for each individual person. But I think that your chipping away is so unique and so beautiful. And if you could narrow it down to like a word to what keeps you chipping away every day, what would that be? I think it's just perseverance because with all of my traveling, I've realized there are such beautiful things out there and I've only seen a tiny micro bit of it. And I could easily just lock myself up in my room, cry all day and say, you know, this thing could kill me or I could get up, get on a plane and say, this thing could also kill me, but <laughs> I'm going to have a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just education. Like that's one of my big things is educating people because people are a lot more receptive and accepting and they embrace it if they know you have it and what to do. Um, so that's, that's one of my biggest things is just, it's okay. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be sad. It is a hard thing to deal with, mm -hmm. but you will persevere. You will get through. So that's, I guess. And then my last question for you is, I think a huge part of Motivational Monday is that it's really hard for people to get motivated, to stay motivated, to feel inspiration, to go and make the most out of a day. And with what you are facing every single day where you could literally suddenly die or you could have a seizure and hit your head, there's so many unknowns with what you do and they're just walking through life. And there are so many unknowns for so many other people who might be listening right now that it's really hard and it's really scary, like you said, to get up and go and make the most out of today because they're so wracked with fear and just the unknown is a little bit too much. And I think we all have kind of experienced that in one way or another. Do you kind of, like have any advice other than like seize the day? Because I'm sure we're all kind of sick of it. Like, you never know what day is going to be your last. Make the most of it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, stop. So do you have any advice for these people um, who are just trying to make it through? So honestly, this sounds so cheesy. Is like making a list. And people are like, lists don't help me. But I make a list. And then after, I find the biggest Sharpie I can. And I <laughs> mark it out. And I yes. say, not today. I completed it. Like, this is me. And um, it's just like the little things, like making your bed. Okay. Like, first tackle like of the day, check mark. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be hard moments. But people just need to remember you're an even stronger person inside. And you just have to remember that. And, like, that can be really hard. That's so much easier said than done. But um, it's just always one thing to remember. Lists always help me. I mean, I write on my hand all the time because I forget. <laughs> but everybody is different. Everyone's different. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for coming and just kind of giving us a look, just a small look into your journey and kind of everything you've gone through. And being here just portionally on your ride, I'm like really honored that you came not only on this podcast, but you show up literally every day for yourself and others. And I think you are an incredible just embodiment of what it means to persevere and motivate and make a life choice that makes you stronger every day. So thank I want to so thank much. you. I'm so glad to be on here and life can be hard. Excuse my French, but life's a bitch. 
but it's there are moments you need to remember that there are moments and actions and cultural exchanges that just make make it worth it like going and seeing things or hanging out with friends or like I don't know it's the little things just enjoying the little things that stop and enjoy the little things that sounds really cheesy as well but no I love it but I want to thank you for coming on today for this Motivational Monday. And for those of you listening, I hope you guys find a giant Sharpie and just start hacking away at a to-do list today and see if that kind of helps you, helps motivate you because it's every little step and the beautiful thing that McKenna shows and that maybe we can all incorporate in our life and will motivate and inspire is it just makes a choice of what do I want out of this day? What do I want out of my life? Because you can only control so much. And so I hope that you guys make the most out of today. And please reach out to McKenna or myself if you need anybody to talk to or if you need any resources. Um, If you know somebody who's struggling and may not be really comfortable opening up, um, McKenna and myself are more than happy to talk to them. Um, or to get them in touch with people who are good for them to learn from as well. So I adore and love you, McKenna. And I hope everybody has a happy Motivational Monday. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for having me on. And if anyone needs any advice or support or just a soundboard, I'm here. Love it. Chipping away, chipping away with me.